Hey, thanks for joining us on the C3 Oxford Falls podcast. If you'd like more information on C3 Church, please visit myc3church.net. We hope you enjoy this message. I gotta tell you, I'm so thrilled to let you know Pilgrims, our newest C3 music album is already here. The songs on this album are for our journey in Jesus. No matter where we are on that journey, in the valley or on the mountaintop, His love is unchanging and so should our praise and worship be. Cannot wait for you to hear it. Head to iTunes or Google Play to download it today. God is good. He's really good. He's faithful. We are in this series called Facing Up to Fear. And uh, we're in a series on facing, facing up to a lot of things of really getting unstuck in our world. And it's, it's an awful feeling when you feel stuck in an area, isn't it? But it's so good when you break through. And I know that today you're gonna break through. That, that God is not just gonna give you a nice feeling, a sense of, yes, I know the Lord is with me, but I'm still terrified as all heck. But actually you're gonna be able to step up and face up to the things you're afraid of and you're gonna have to push through and find a breakthrough happen in your life. And I know you might not feel that right now. I know that even now in in the atmosphere, I can sense that there are people who are nervous about this area. Even when we talk about fear, you get afraid because it's so real and apparent to you. But I'm telling you that right now, even as I'm speaking, something is shifting within your personal world. There is a negative attitude, spirit, whatever you wanna call it, happening around your life that God is gonna break off your life today. And here's the reality for all of you that are new or maybe you've kind of not yet in a relationship with God, you don't even know what I'm really talking about, but you can have a sense of this of this anxiety and pressure that comes around your life. And you think that that's just for us who are Christians and who believe. I wanna let you know that there's a deep, deep truth that you need to catch here, that God has never been far from you. God is never far from any one of us that every single person He created, He created with a love and a purpose and a value in mind. And that if you could see Him today and take hold of Him today, you will find the power of God working through your life and shifting things in your world like He did for me many, many years ago and continues to do every single day of my life. So God, we give You today and we thank You, Holy Spirit, that You're so present with us right now that You truly are our ever-present help in time of need. And we look to You now and we say we are in need, that some of us here today are facing uh, fears that we are stuck in, Lord God. And we thank You, Holy Spirit, that You promise He that sets us free, that we're free indeed. And we pray today that that overcoming sense, that overcoming Spirit would fill our lives here today, that we can walk out free free from fear, free from anxiety and understanding that You are a God who cares for us. In Jesus' mighty Name we pray, Amen. Amen, Amen, Amen. Yes, the Lord is good. I love, I love the awkward, I think I should clap, but I'm not sure. But that's okay, because we are Australians and we really, it's good. Hey, Ryan, you're amazing. You come back later, yeah? Ryan Gilpin is such a blessing. In fact, our entire worship team 
is such a blessing tonight. Tonight we have our night of worship. We're going to worship God together. It's going to be awesome. Dan Karotz is going to be bringing the word, and it's going to be a great night. So if you if you weren't planning, why don't you, why don't you come and uh, hang out and spend time in God's presence, which will be really cool. Proverbs three, verse twenty four says this: You can go to bed without fear. You will lie down and sleep soundly. You need not be afraid of sudden disaster or the destruction that comes upon the wicked, for the Lord is your security. He will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. I love that. You can go to bed without fear. For some of you, that would be a nice reality. That would be a nice change. To go to bed, take a big deep breath, and go to sleep. But for many of us, it's not a reality. We, we go to bed and we lie at night and we, we think and we worry. And, and for whatever reason that might be, because you've experienced trauma in your life and you've encountered something that, is, that has created a doorway for fear to creep into your world, or maybe it's your, your personality type is just naturally you're more of an anxious person. I, I have had an interesting relationship with fear my, my entire life. I've, I've had a relationship with anxiety and worry. Some of you are wonderful. You're the half glass Full people, you're like, yeah, oh, it's, it's fine, it's going to be awesome, and we love you and hate you all at once. You're incredible, but you can be frustrated, and others are the, the glass half empty, it's always, you know, but I'm kind of the, there is no glass, it's, the water's going everywhere, and it's ruining everything, and, <laughs> and naturally I find a wrestle with fear and anxiety, but God wants to break that in your life, and this scripture was written by a guy called Solomon. Solomon's father was a guy called King David. And so what he's really doing is not just speaking out of his own personal experience, he's speaking out of something that his dad taught him to think about, a a, a principle that his dad taught him to follow. We see that in the end of David's life, as he's encouraging people, as he's sharing his last thoughts of wisdom and direction for them as a nation, he speaks specifically to his son who had a charge, a calling to build up the temple of God, to actually establish God's presence back in the middle of his people so that they could always have somewhere to go and know that God is with them and for them and and going with them. And so, so he says this to them. He said, then David said to Solomon, his son, be strong, sorry, 1 Chronicles 28, be strong and courageous and do it. Love that. Be strong, be courageous and do it. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed for the Lord God, even my God is with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Now David is instructing him on something that he would have read about Joshua many hundreds of years ago when God had spoken to Joshua to take God's people into their promised land. He said to them, do not be afraid, for God will never leave you nor forsake you. And he spoke this to Joshua about going into the promised land, the very land that 40 years earlier they hadn't stepped into because of fear. So what we see in Scripture, what we see in the Bible is a principle and a pattern. The principle is this, that God's people were called to fear God in in a reverence, a trust, a a sense of respect and and honour. They were to fear God, and because of that trust, that reverence for God, they were then to do the thing that God had called them to do, no matter how scary it was. That's the principle. Trust me, go and do it. Guys, trust me, go and do it. So that's the principle, right? 
But at the same time, we see a pattern where they consistently would fear what God had asked them to do and lose sight of who God was. The Israelites, go and take the land. Awesome. Gee, the land looks scary. Oh no, that God's forsaken us. We're hopeless. We're, we're lost. And they go back to, that was the pattern. And for many of us, that's how we live our lives. We have a sense of faith on Sunday. We come into Monday and suddenly fear creeps in. But God doesn't want you pushed around by fear. He doesn't want you controlled by fear. He doesn't want you stuck in fear. He wants us to understand fear and leverage it. Because when we leverage fear, we understand that it can motivate us to move forward and keep us safe. Fear is actually a good thing. Proverbs 9 says, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. Healthy fear has to do with reverence and respect. It protects us, guides us, and inspires us to change. If I keep a healthy fear and respect for God and His ways in my life, my life will be blessed. If I have a healthy respect and response to fear, it will help me to think before I act and seek sound wisdom. Don't you hate it when you act before you think? Even though you knew? It was that nagging fear. That's, that's fear. It's saying, hey, just, just hold up. It helps me avoid things that will hurt me, my relationship, and my future. Healthy fear keeps me growing in my relationship with God and with others. And as a father, I don't want, I, I don't want my kids ignorant of danger. I want them to understand that there are things in this world that will hurt them and harm them, and they need to have a healthy respect of those things and understand them and, and, and stay clear of them. So I want them to understand and be able to respond to danger, right? But at the same time, I don't want them at the other end of the spectrum consumed by fear. And I'm parenting as part of the generation of the helicopter parents. We're all helicopter pilots. And we're creating great craziness for our children. Because we are overprotecting, overbubbling, we're wrapping them in bubble and, and, and we are finding that there is this culture of fear rising in our society. We want people to understand fear but not to be crippled by it and controlled by it. An unhealthy response to fear causes us to live lives that expect the worst. John 4 says, we know, that how, we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in His love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face Him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is fear of punishment. When we are afraid, when we have an unhealthy response to fear and we elevate fear in our lives, we find we are that people that are expecting judgment. We're expecting things to go wrong. We're expecting things not to work out. An unhealthy response to fear causes us to elevate fear. Just recently, uh, some people were gifted with the gift of stupidity and decided it would be a good idea to put little needles in pieces of fruit. 
right? Now, an unhe- a healthy response to fear would just say, well, that would be not helpful for my children's digestive system. And so perhaps before I send them off to school with their lunch, I'm gonna cut up their fruit, just check it out. Maybe if I'm a little bit more on my side, put it under an x-ray machine. (laughs) But I'm then gonna send them off with their fruit because fruit is good for them. An unhealthy response to fear, people that have elevated fear, people that have lost sight of God's love and are expecting judgment in the world, your response will, well, I guess we can't eat fruit anymore. (laughs) We've been talking about starting connect groups and some of you are very capable, absolutely able to. But because you have an unhealthy response to fear, your immediate response is, well, I won't do that. Who's gonna turn up? Some of you, you've been looking every Sunday across, you've been noticing a certain woman, some men here, you've been noticing and she's looking fine. And you know she's single, you've sussed it all out. But you haven't asked her out because your response is, well, she's probably gonna say no. Some of you, you've been asked to follow up something with a doctor and you keep putting it off because you don't wanna hear what he's got to say. You're so afraid that the report is gonna be bad. We've been crippled by fear. We are all hardwired to respond to fear. How we respond determines fear's place and power in our lives. So all of us uh, within our psyche have this process where an event will happen that is gonna be create fear. And what we will do is we will freeze. Everyone will freeze, it's like the big clap. Some of you are better and a little bit braver on the face and you can kind of get away with it. Others are terrible. My wife is wonderful. You can scare my wife just so easily. It's just incredible. It's a great joy. I can come home and she'll be upstairs and I have to, as I'm walking up, babe, it's me, I'm home. Babe, it's me, I'm home. I still get in the room, she's like, ah! As if between now, the time I said, babe, it's me, someone has snuck in as an imposter dressed like me and come into our bedroom. Some of you are easily, your freeze moment is, whoa. But that's fine, because what you're doing in that moment is you're assessing. Taking a quick check of assessing what you need to do and then planning a course of action. Then you need to respond, and your response needs to either be flight or or a fight response, right? But for in our culture today, in the way that we have elevated fear and the way that we have uh, uh, responded unhealthily to fear is we have gone straight from a freeze response to another response that we have, which is fright. Fright. When we refuse to respond to fear, we get stuck in fright. You neither fight nor flee. In fact, you do nothing. Psychology Today, this is an article a few years ago. The more realistic the threat the more heroic and immediate your actions will be. So when the bus is coming, you're gonna get out of the way. Not, not if it's coming to pick you up. <laughs> and you're on the side waiting. Don't, don't run away from that. But if you're on the road and the bus is coming, you're gonna get out of the way. But imagine threats cause paralysis. Being scared about all the bad things that may or may not happen in the future makes you worry a lot, but take little action. You are stuck in a state of fear, overwhelmed but not knowing what to do. Fear without action creates paralysis. Again, God wants us not to completely remove fear. He wants us to leverage it. But when you don't leverage it, when you do nothing, when you do not act, it creates paralysis. An unchallenged fear 
then leads to a spirit of fear so that you yourself become a fearful person. So in 1 Timothy, Paul writes to this young leader who's gonna go take on a church much like me. He's stepping into a church that is older than him. He's younger. Many of his congregation are double his age. They've lived a lot more life. They're a lot more wise. Sometimes I come in here going, what have I got to say? Okay, that's how, what he's thinking. And he reminds him in 1 Timothy, he says, hey, don't be despised because of your youth. Be an example. Step up. You're good. You got this. Be an example in love and in conduct and speech and purity and all of it. Love God. Love other people. Be an example. But, but this thing he's obviously been wrestling with because he comes back in 2 Timothy to address it again. And that, that, that irresponsible or unhealthy response to fear, he's now creating within Timothy's life a nervousness that he's becoming a fearful person. So Paul reminds him again in 2 Timothy 1 and 6, it says, that's why I now want to remind you that God gave you a gift when I laid my hands on you and that you must bring it back into blazing fire. After all, the spirit God gives to us, uh, has given to us by God isn't a fearful spirit. It's a spirit of power, love, and prudence. You might not think you've got it all together, but I want to remind you that the spirit God has given to you contains the very thing you think you're lacking. It contains power to step up. It contains love to do the journey with people. And it contains prudence to have the wisdom and maturity to lead people that are older than you. You don't have to be afraid. God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's given you a spirit of faith. That is the reality for our lives here today. Fear cannot remain unchallenged. We need to respond. And so we come back to our responses after our initial freak out moment, which is totally normal and totally fine. We then need to make a decision and respond. And we either can flee or fight. Now I'm going to be specifically focusing on this area of fight. But if I can just drop this little, little, little free one for you, there are times where you should flee. And, and some of you have become so used to, it's almost a religious response to faith that you immediately just assume that God's good with everything, so we're just gonna do it. But maybe he's been speaking to you about it and the uncertainty you're facing, even though you've been confident, is because maybe it's not right. So maybe some of you are in a business deal or about to step into something that you're a little anxious about and the reason you're anxious about it because you know that behind the scene, the things aren't really that okay that maybe there's some things going on that you know that just not right. That fear is from God and it's, there's a big bus coming called a bad deal and God's like, get out of the way, get out. Some of you, you might be at work and there's some things, people around, there's maybe a girl, a guy, you've been getting connected emotionally you're a married guy, a married girl. And there's opportunity to maybe do some later hours, maybe work behind. But you're not feeling right about it. Get out. <laughs> flee. Run. That's when it's appropriate to flee. But I want to talk about fight. Because for many of us, the real thing is, we need to understand how to face up to fear. How to step up. Put up the jukes 
and fight. Now, something I know that when you're in a fight, size matters. It does. I look forward to the moment, I don't know if it'll ever happen, where the featherweight champion of the world will verse the heavyweight champion of the world. I don't know how long it would go. Size matters. When I was younger and less mature than I am now, I, uh, I was at a, a we, we would look after uh, foster care kids. I was a case manager and we, we were working with these kids and we'd take them away on camp and we'd muck around together. And one of the leaders was this big uh, Samoan brother. And uh, he was a beautiful man and I, I, I liked him a lot. We, we connected a lot. And so I thought it'd be appropriate for me to love him like every Australian loves each other, which is to make fun of each other. And so that's what you do when you love someone in Australia. You just make fun of them. And so I spent the whole week just just geeing him up, just giving him a little... And then one night, we started to just muck around. Boys will be boys. We started wrestling, and the guys are getting into it, and a bit of rumbling. And he decided that he would repay the favor and love me. And I realized in that moment that that size matters. There's nothing like having a massive Samoan brother sitting on you. It's like when your brother used to get, sit on you and then like hold your legs down and then play the typewriter on your chest and you just can't do anything. It's, it's demoralizing and I feel less like a man that day, but that's okay. <laughs> Size matters. Size matters. <laughs> Rather than elevating fear, we need to elevate our view of God. So Jesus is in a boat and he's been ministering in Matthew, in, in chapter 4, and, and he's been helping out people and doing all this, and he's starting to build this team around him, and they're starting to get a picture of who Jesus is, and that he's more than meets the eyes, and there's something about him, but they're kind of all a bit confident, and, and they get in the boat, and they're all talking about all the wonderful things that's happening, and then all of a sudden, it says a storm comes, and, and it says the waves of the sea have risen up, and there's a storm all around them, and they start to freak out because they think they're going to die. Because that's the disciples. They're kind of like immediate. Oh, gosh, we're going to die. It was, again, the Israelite model. It's kind of like, God's for us. Oh, we're going to die. And that was a pretty quick shift for them quite consistently. And so they're in the boat and they're freaking out. And so they go, we need to wake up, wake up Jesus. Now, now, have you ever been woken up from a really good dream? You know when someone wakes you up and you've been having a phenomenal dream? And you know that you can try and go back to sleep, but you'll never get back there. Well, imagine you're Jesus. And these are Jesus' dreams. And so he's reasonably ticked. Uh, so he wakes up and he looks around and he assesses the situation, what's going on. It says he goes to the edge of the boat and I'm paraphrasing here and he looks out and he says, hey, shut up. And the wind just goes. And it says immediately the wind dissipates, the waves disappear. And it says that the sea returns to a glass-like state. Can you imagine that for a moment? That there is all this craziness, turmoil and in, at a word of be quiet. Even the wind and waves obey his voice. So then it says, he turns to them and he says, you cowards, why are you afraid? Don't you believe? Don't you have faith? And he goes back to sleep. And it says then, that deep awe fell upon the disciples. Another translation says, and they were more afraid than before. Because they realized, ooh, there's something about this man that even the wind and the waves obey his voice. Many of us have elevated fear and in doing that, we have minimized who God is in our world. And we are failing to see that in our boat is Jesus Christ. 
in our boat is God the Father and the Holy Spirit, the creator of all that we have here. We need to minimize fear's power by increasing God's prominence in our lives. We have to minimize fear's power by increasing God's prominence, His position, His authority, how we see Him in our lives. A few thoughts before we close here today. We need to increase God's community. Don't do this alone. I know that you might prefer to do it alone. We live in an increasingly individualistic life. We live in a city that encourages increasing individualistic lifestyle. And we are finding a Christianity that is becoming increasingly individualistic, that it's between me and my God, but that is not how God created us. He has created us to love God and love each other. He's created us for community. And we are trying to do things on our own and, on our own, and we're fearful of, of the things that we're facing because we're doing it alone, but God never asked you to do it alone. And you keep looking to Him and you keep asking Him to help you and He will help you, but He also will help you by providing you with a community. And we're gonna keep talking about joining a connect group. And I know sometimes you're like, oh my gosh, give it up with the connect groups. But listen, we have a vision. It's really, really simple. We want people to find community because we live in one of the loneliest cities in the world. And my vision for our location is that we have over 100% of us in connect groups so that before someone even comes into these doors and meets Jesus Christ, they've already been equipped with a community that's gonna help them grow and understand who God is. You need community. But now listen, I'm okay if you're on a journey. We're good with it. So you might not be ready for a connect group. That's okay. But do something to find community. Join a team. Align your purpose with your community so that you're serving in a common goal together and you build relationship that's based around something more than just your nine to five. That you can see the purpose of loving people as they come in here and serving one another. This week, we have week four of our next step. Step four, discover your team. Find it, find a team, join a team, get involved. And all we need you to do is one to three. Step one, two, and three before you do this step four. But I wanna say this as a little caveat. If you've been in our church for a little while, you've been to a Make C3 home before, you've been to Connect Leader Training, or you've been in Connect Group, just come along. Just come along and get back engaged in a team. But if you're new to our church and you're not yet those, even me saying that, you're like, what's that mean? Just, just come to step one. In two weeks, we start again, step one, okay? We need to find community. We need to increase God's promises in our lives. What you're facing is real but God is realer. I know it doesn't make sense in English. I know it doesn't really work, but the truth you think is evident in your world, God tr God's truth supersedes that truth. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, what you're facing is, is, is daunting. Yeah, what you're facing is making you nervous. But here is the truth. Don't be afraid, for I am with you, Isaiah 41. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. Can you see the pattern? Can you see the principle, sorry? I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 
Isaiah 35, say to those who fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear. Why? For your God is coming to destroy your enemies. He, 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 he is coming to save you. Not your money, not, better, not a better, better job, not, not a better relationship, not your wife getting changed. He is coming to save you. He. Increase God's promises. And finally, and this is what I want to end on. I'll get Brother Ryan to come and join me. He wants to increase his presence in your life. You need to increase God's presence. I love this scripture in Psalms 34. It says this, verse four, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Fear is diminished in the power of prayer. It's wonderful to worship God and to get into His presence at church and to hear the Word of God. But listen, fear is really diminished. I don't mean like subsided, because on Sunday, fear is subsided, right? But we go back into Monday. Where the place where fear is diminished is in your personal connection with God in the place of prayer. Prayer is crucial. We, we, we are doing everything we can to help you grow in prayer. We've just started a new prayer meeting on Friday mornings at 6.30 to 7.30 in the prayer chapel. Every Tuesday night from 7 to 8 p.m., we have prayer here. If you don't know how to pray, come and learn how to pray. Come and get around prayer. If, if you've been praying, but you've lapsed in your prayer, come back and use that opportunity to get prayer happening in your world again. Prayer is where fear is diminished. Philippians 4 says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done so that you can remember what He's already done because if He did it before, He can do it again. I'll just let that one sit for you. If He's done it before, He can do it again. If He's done it in one area of your life, why can't He do it in the other area of your life? Thank Him for all that He's done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. The peace of God. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus, as you remain in connection with Him. Prayer is about cultivating a relationship because here's the reality. You can't trust someone you don't know. We know this, so we slap a badge on someone to tell someone stop in the traffic because we don't trust people we don't know. So they've got to put a badge on it so we can recognise the authority and actually listen to it. But ultimately, God doesn't want to be this kind of big policeman in your life. He wants to be in relationship. And some of you have been treating God like a policeman because you haven't got to know Him. He is love. And the way I trust my wife is because we've cultivated a relationship where I know her. The people I trust in my world is because I've got to know them and they've got to know me. Prayer is not about religious little checkbox that you're ticking off in your life just so you can say, yep, I'm a Christian because I pray. No, 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 it's about cultivating a relationship and it's about recognising our need for help. You need help. Some of you definitely need help. I need help. Good Lord, I need help. Like I need a lot of help. And I know that. So I found power in the place of prayer. And if I'm honest, the first thing that gets attacked in my world is always prayer. Because the enemy knows it's the place of power. 
In a moment, I'm going to lead us in praying together. We're going to finish this morning in prayer. But what we're going to do before that, I want everyone, just if you could bow your heads, close your eyes. I would like to give every single person here the opportunity before we go into this place of prayer, of of breakthrough, of seeing things shift in our lives, for us to align our hearts. And if we are far from God, to come back to Him. And if we're here today and we've never received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, but as I've been preaching God's Word, faith has started to stir, this belief that maybe I need this. Something is happening on the inside of you. It's called the Holy Spirit. It's because God is real and He loves you and He wants to help you connect into a relationship with Him. And He doesn't expect you to change. You might go, I'm not ready yet. I need to get good first. I need to work out. This is the beautiful thing about our God is that He expects nothing from you. He just says, come as you are. And then He gives us His goodness. Because if we can never be good enough for God. So what He does is in, through Christ and what He did on the today, cross, He gives us His goodness so that we can receive Him freely. Jesus Christ so here with every eye closed, if you could just respect everyone's privacy Savior. around you and just close your eyes. Thank I'm not going to sneak up onto you and jump on you when you close your eyes. You don't have to be worried or anything like that. I'm healed. Just, just close your eyes. Forgive me of all my sins. And if you're here today and you know give that me you know a fresh that start, that you need a relationship with Jesus Christ. Help me, Holy Spirit. come back to Him or you need to receive Him for to the follow God's way. Just while every eye is closed, just that I can live. Life. I know that's you, and I'm going to include you in a prayer. Filled with I'm purpose. I'm not going to get you to do anything weird or come down the front. I just want you to respond so that we can include Thank you, Lord. in a prayer here today. If that's you today, I am saved. Who's that here today? Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just pray right now that you rest on those hearts that reached out to you. I thank you, Lord God, that they would understand God's powerful love and that that would be real to them here today. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, if you didn't put your hand up, that's okay. But if you prayed that prayer and you're saying, you know what? I meant that prayer. I actually want that prayer. You can fill in on your seat is a connection card. You can take that to our next step bar or hand it to the person that you came with. Even if you're sitting with someone, you might just want to say, hey, you know what? I prayed with that prayer actually and I really meant it. And they can talk to you about what it means to follow Jesus. Does that sound good? We want to help you take your next step. We don't want to just leave you. We've just taken a prayer. We want you to come back every Sunday and just begin to experience God's community and find freedom. Amen. Okay, what we're going to do right now, we've got a couple of minutes and I'm taking some liberties here. But I want us to stand. And I believe this. I, I had this vision for you guys as I was praying. And, and, and I saw you're, you're holding this thing in your hand, which is the thing you're afraid of, right? And so I just want us to close our eyes and just look away to Him. What we sometimes do as Christians is we kind of just shut off straight away. We go straight away from that. We don't even acknowledge the fear. We're like, nope, not thinking about it. Listen, challenge the fear. Don't build a relationship with it where you kind of just always just disregard it. Faith is not just kind of completely ignoring it. It's grabbing that thing, holding it in front of you and saying, you know what? I'm going to deal with this thing. And what I saw for you at church is as you were holding on to this thing and looking at this thing, you began to see Jesus Christ on the other side of that thing. And as you saw Christ, it was like when you hold up a handful of sand, that thing that was so strong and stable and, and, and powerful in your life began to disintegrate before you. So we're going to pray right now. I'm going to get Ryan just to lead us and just to to bring us into that moment. But I want you to close your eyes, look away to Him. Even if you're new here today, why don't you just join us? We're not going to get you to do anything weird. Just close your eyes and think of those things you're afraid of. And, And what would a loving God who knows you and loves you say about those things? So right now, from the front to the back, left to the right, let's just, you might want to lift your hands. You might want to close your eyes. You might want to focus in. But get hold of that thing and begin to pray.
yourself you'll be dealing with this for all your life. Today it's getting broken. It's disappearing. It's, it's falling off the landscape. God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's given you a spirit of power, love and a sound mind. He's given you a spirit of faith. Some of you have been believing for something but this fear keeps getting in the way. I'm telling you that thing's falling off right now. Thank you, Lord God. All things are possible for him who believes. Nothing is impossible with God. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. No weapon formed against you is gonna prosper. You're the head and the tail. Above, not beneath. Only going up. Only going up, only going up. Come on, that fear is breaking. It's breaking. It's breaking off your life. It's breaking off your heart. It's breaking off your mind. Some of you are still holding it. Just let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ, the name that is above every other name, we tell every fear, every anxious thought, every oppressive thought, every obsessive thought, to bow its knee in the name of Jesus. We break fear off people's lives, break timidity off people's lives. The power of God, break fear in Jesus' name. diminishes fear and elevates you. Amen. Amen. God bless. Hey everyone.
What a joy it is to bring the Word of God to so many people all around the world every week. And I just love technology for that reason, that we're able to broadcast through television, through podcasts, through social media, and to bring Jesus into people's worlds in all kinds of ways. Obviously, there are costs to that. There are uh, expenses in reaching out and accomplishing this preaching of the Gospel. And in the book of Romans, Paul says, how shall I go unless somebody send them? And he's talking about the beautifulness of, of the preaching of the Gospel, how it brings peace and joy into people's worlds. And so the people who are sending us into other people's worlds is you and the people of our congregations. And I'd love you to join with them and with us as partners, sending the Gospel throughout all the world through all these means that God has put in our hands. And as we partner together, I know that there will be thousands of people in heaven for eternity because of our efforts together. God has called us to do this and we depend on people to send us and support us in taking the Gospel to the world. I wanna say thank you for standing with us and believing God. I'm praying and asking God to touch you and to bless your seed that you sow so that you'll experience an incredible harvest in your lives, in Jesus' Name, Amen. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this week's message from our church. Hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram by using at C3 Oxford Falls.